With us today is Steve Cates, otherwise known as Dr. Sky. And on Sunday morning, he always, you know, charges our interest. I mean, and what the heck is up there? Well, Steve Cates, what's uh, what's up there this week? It's the week before Christmas. Any Anything new? We're going to center these first two stories about Mars. Lots of news about Mars. First of all, let's talk about what a Martian orbiting spacecraft called MAVEN has been up there checking the Martian atmosphere for years. Get a look at this. It states that Mars, as a planet, loses a quarter pound of its you know, atmosphere, which leaks into space every second. And they found out why. The stream of particles that comes from the sun is called the solar wind. So the solar wind has been pummeling the upper atmosphere of the planet Mars. By the way, it's carbon dioxide. And this, of course, has a big change in what's going on on the surface over billions of years. Because we now know if we go there with manned spacecraft, there's obviously not oxygen present in the Martian atmosphere. But this also leads to the fact that what happened to the water on Mars? So now they're saying there's a connection between the solar radiation depleting the Martian atmosphere and the fact that Mars doesn't even really have a, you know, a, a giant magnetic field because its internal core basically has slowed down or stopped. So there's so much about Mars that's fascinating. Hopefully, John, we'll get there someday to explore this. Obviously, that's an understatement. So it leaks leak, uh, into uh, outer space, I guess? Is that what you're saying? Correct. Absolutely. A quarter pound of its you know, atmosphere every second because of the pummeling it gets from the solar wind. So think of it like a giant garden hose or somebody that's using like a sandblaster on something like, you know, a surface of concrete. This powerful stream of radiation, even the Earth gets hit by this, but our magnetic field shields us. Mars doesn't have that. So it's a fascinating story. But let's go now, John, to the surface of Mars. We're always curious about the Perseverance rover. It just celebrated a thousand sols, meaning a thousand Martian days. And just so everybody knows, a day on Mars is 37 minutes longer than an Earth day of some 24 hours. But what it's done, it's collected 23 rock cores as it moves very slowly. Remember, it is a nuclear-type powered vehicle, also with some solar. But what we find out, John, is that what's interesting about this particular spacecraft, it's actually helping us understand how water might have flowed in this zero crater, this giant crater that it's in. And it states because of the rocks and the different types of rocks that they find there, that there probably was water in this giant lake in this crater Jezero, that it was about maybe 100 feet deep at one time. But again, we think we might have answered the reason why the water's gone on Mars. The pummeling of the atmosphere, the lack of a magnetic field, Mars is just a brutal place. In other words, there's a hole in their cup. (laughs) It sure is. So it's an amazing planet. And again, let's not make it light here so people think it's a joyful vacation place. It's a very difficult planet to get to, nine months of a journey one way, and it's extremely harsh on the surface. You'd have to plant or land different habitation modules there way ahead of time in a way to hopefully create oxygen. But that's a whole other story itself. But, John, we shift quickly to the mystery of the week, and obviously the holiday well, season. You haven't so told us people. about the, the, the helicopter. Oh, well, the the Ingenuity, it's been doing a great amount of research, as we know, John. It flies. This is incredible. There are people who have drones that can't even fly them here on Earth, as good as the Ingenuity helicopter has been on Mars. It's obviously done way more in its expected lifetime than the, you know, JPL and NASA scientists have said. 
But see, Mars has just come out of solar conjunction, John. What does that mean in simple terms? It means that the line of sight, Mars, the sun, and the Earth were lined up, and the radiation and light from the sun and energy blocked out a lot of communications. So now we're going to be doing a whole new series of Ingenuity flights. Very simply, Ingenuity rocks. It's an amazing piece of technology, and that leads way to future type of drone craft that will actually explore the planet without having to do short, you know, distance duration missions. Understood. What we talk about, it's amazing. The whole story as we wrap this up, the mystery of the week. Here we go as we talk about the holiday season. In the book of Matthew, it describes in some detail what the three wise men may have seen. What do the astronomy folks really think today? Between the year 6 BC and 5 BC, many say, and this is pretty accurate, that there was some sort of major constellation conjunction, meaning two planets came together, maybe Jupiter and Saturn. This was important to the Jews and to the Christians at the time, because obviously we find out the astrological sign that it was in this area of the sky we call Pisces the fish. So this is one theory. It was an alignment. But we're so confused about the birth date of Jesus. Some say anywhere from 4 B.C. to 7 B.C. because of the change in our calendar. So it moves on further, John. It talks about other conjunctions that happened in 7 B.C. and a strange alignment of Jupiter, the moon, and the, in the constellation of Aries, the ram, another of the sacred signs that happened back on April 17th of 6 B.C., so we don't really know what this was, but to the wise men, they were astrologers. And John, I would never discount the fact, I'm sure you would agree, it simply could have been just a miracle, something that we'll probably never know, but we celebrate every year. Uh, a star that comes only every 10,000 years. Absolutely. Um, that's always possible. We also talked about uh, uh, Venus. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. Scientists are starting to look towards Venus, so for some possible life if, if it's not on Mars? Yes, John. And it's probably the most unlikely place anybody would imagine. Because in elementary school, you know, we even teach children that the surface of Venus is over 900 degrees Fahrenheit, and ouch, nothing can exist there. But now they're saying, in the clouds of Venus, one of the organic compounds that they're finding is something called phosphine. And what's phosphine? It's one of the enablers that continuously helps us in, in the world of looking at organic compounds, which may be something, you know, to equivalence of having life exist. So life, meaning in the microbial world, could even exist in the clouds of Venus, a highly unlikely place, don't you think, John? And this is where the research goes, but you sure don't want to land on Venus. I, I, saw it, I saw it in one of the movies. There was a, a city in the, in, in the clouds on above a planet. Absolutely. In Star Wars, they have an example. I don't know the exact name of that planet in Star Wars, but they had this whole concept of something floating in the atmosphere where obviously they had space vehicles or, you know, lighter than aircraft that would fly between the different hotels and buildings up there. But isn't that odd, John? A planet that you would think of is so hot and inhospitable. We've sent craft the Russians have. They only survived on the surface for only maybe 20 minutes because even if you crawled out of your spacecraft on Venus, the pressure would be as if you went under the ocean 3,000 feet. That's how high the pressure is and how inhospitable the temperature is. It's amazing. More stuff always, John, at wabcradio.com, the Dr. Sky Experience. And what do we say? Always remember to keep your eyes to the skies as we open up our minds on Sundays to these mysteries that normally we don't hear about, don't you Steve, think? Steve Cates, thank you so much, and, uh, and uh, we'll catch up with you again next Sunday. Thank you, John. Good morning.